podcast i'm your host d miller l exciting episode coming up we're going to be talking about this million dollar bitcoin prediction from my friend blaji what do y'all think about that it's crazy and then of course i'm gonna give another little aspect of my bitcoin story and what is the mkd podcast stay tuned So let's start with the latter, right? What is the MKD podcast? Well, in short, it's the elephant in the room. All right. Now you might be saying how you figure when you just mentioning a million dollar Bitcoin. So I'm going to see if I can spin this around and give y'all my understanding of, of, you know, how I see things kind of mix it up a little bit so let's start here and the way that I see it is is it's like um, it's the question of recreation or recreation right obviously with Balaji talking about a million dollar Bitcoin we're talking about damn near the complete collapse of the dollar If a Bitcoin costs a million for one, what does the gas cost? What does the food cost? What does the housing cost? Right, you start to kind of walk that line and most people don't have any Bitcoin. You start to walk that line, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I, you know, I'm wondering, I gotta get my gun. (laughs) I'm gonna keep it real. That, um, that's going to be an issue. Now, of course, you know, I can obviously understand a million dollar Bitcoin is good for me, right? Being in the space, being a Bitcoiner. That's cool and everything, but it creates like, I'd imagine a certain level of chaos. And, you know, I know Balaji has his, uh, <clears throat> he's got his evidences or what have you to back up what he's saying we all know that Balaji is very smart um successful you know business person etc so we will see if his 90 day right prediction of a million dollar bitcoin hits uh you know I'm gonna align myself with this in a certain way I'm gonna actually up the ante on the giveaway the nft giveaway if it does hit a million, I'm going to give away 10, not one, but 10 pieces from my NFT collection. All right? And look at the giveaway like this, people. Y'all recall as Bitcoiners, you know, in the earlier days, how there would be these airdrops where there'd be these very generous people that would just give Bitcoin away so that they could increase the Bitcoin adoption, right? Even now, um, I'm sure many of you would agree 
the best way for somebody to understand Bitcoin is to put some in their hand. Right? That's like the beginning. So, yeah, look at the, the giveaway that we're doing in the same context. Many of you are, as Bitcoiners, are still unfamiliar with this uh, NFT game. And maybe as I go through my Bitcoin story, it will kind of give you all a better understanding, you know, at least from where I'm coming from, right? At least on how I see it. So let's start. Let's start here again. Is the NFT thing just about recreation? Is it just about fun? Right? Is Balaji talking about, you know, the recreation? Right? With the collapse of the dollar and the the rise of the Bitcoin? Are we talking about two different things or the same thing? I guess is, uh, is the question that maybe some of you have or at least I'd like to propose and throw out there, right? So Balaji... In my opinion, he's kind of, he's definitely talking about the collapse, but I don't hear much with regards to like where we go from, from there. And I know that he's got some content out there. He kind of expressed himself a little bit more. I haven't had the, the time to listen, uh, but I picked up on, you know, what I needed to pick up on, which is he's got a million dollar bet with some other people. Uh, concerning this, right? He's so sure of himself that he's now wagered a million dollars in a smart contract, right? And if he loses, the smart contract will self-execute and automatically go to the person who, you know, said it wasn't going to go to a million dollars for a Bitcoin. So keep all this in mind as I start to tell you my story. Um, let's see here. So I think it's important to start with Satoshi Square. Do you guys remember Satoshi Square? I don't even, I think that they had to shut that down a little while ago, maybe a couple years back. But in my early days in the space, uh, when I got my first wave of students, right? This is before I went to any expo. I know last time we spoke and I described my story, I talked about the uh, the Bitcoin Expo that I went to in Boston at MIT. So I'll, I'll bring a, I'll bring that back out again as I tell this aspect of the story. So my first wave of students, uh, a couple of them, quite a few of them, were out of New York, and you know. I had come across, you know, the information concerning Satoshi Square, which was like an open air market, an open air exchange where people would get together. They would meet up at, at a location. The location, if I recall, was across the street uh, there in Manhattan. It was across the street from Wall Street. Right. So my first wave of students, quite a few of them were in New York in New York City. And or at least in the surrounding boroughs. And uh, I recall telling them to go there. Right. They wanted to get into Bitcoin. They wanted to get into the mix. Go there. But, you know, watch out for the wolves. 
And of course, you know, I asked them to film it, you know, and they did. And uh, it was a successful, you know, thing. They got there, they, you know, interacted with the people. Of course, they met all kinds of different people in the space at the time. And they were able to acquire a Bitcoin, if I believe. And at that time, I think the Bitcoin was like $600 a coin. Yeah. So they were able to go in there and, you know, do their thing. And that was great. Great, great, great. When I saw it, I was very inspired. And I said, I want to go. Right? I'm finna go. (laughs) I'm going to check it out. So... By the time I uh, decided to go, I actually mixed it in with my trip to the MIT um, Bitcoin Expo. So, again, the time that I went to the Expo, I actually went to New York City first. And then I took the train down into Boston. So, I thinking the whole time that I'm finna go across the street from Wall Street when I get to New York, but they had moved locations. I think at that time they were on Cleveland Avenue. Don't hold me to that, but I believe it was on Cleveland Avenue. Um, so I get there and I was, I was shocked, right? Because it wasn't, it wasn't anything like what I saw in the video, right? Of that open air exchange, which is what I wanted to see, or at least what I had assumed I was going to see something like. That wasn't what happened. I go into the location and it's like uh it's like a hip-hop shop. It's like a streetwear store. Like they got like all the street gear brands, like you know, Supreme and you know, vape and all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm loving it. I'm like, I didn't I didn't know I was coming into the hip-hop store to uh, you know, get some Bitcoin, but um, this is right up my alley, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, this is great, right? I'm gonna pick up some uh, some gear, you know, a couple little things here and there. And, you know, it just, it was a trip because it's all gonna kind of come together, right? Um, all right, so I get some Bitcoin or whatever. I'm doing my little shopping and it was a trip that, because again, let me explain. Before I went, uh, a couple of my friends, they were asking me to go into some of these stores, like where this, where you would find this, uh, this gear, the street, you know, artsy kind of collectible stuff that, you know, could actually be valuable in the future. Like one of my friends was like, Hey, go get me a, a, a billionaire boy club ashtray. <laughs> so he had me, you know, on a mission to, to pick him up an ashtray. And little did I know that I would be able to kind of do all of that in one spot when I went to this uh, Satoshi Square, which was not really Satoshi Square anymore, right? But cool. So that was my initial experience, right? This was me actually getting out into the space and actually engaging with more of the actual Bitcoin people because I didn't do that right away. That wasn't how I came into the space. What I did was, was I saw some, oh, I remember a friend of mine had mentioned the Bitcoin thing to me, right? But he had come from the Silk Road perspective. He's like, oh, you know, there's this thing called Bitcoin and you can use it on this thing called the Silk Road. And 
you know, people are doing all kinds of illicit activity on there, right? You could buy, you know, weapons or drugs or, you know, different kinds of illegal stuff. I'm sure there were some legal things too, right? But the point is, it was a black market. And when he told me that, I was like, hey, partner, I don't want any parts of that, right? Because I, uh, I enjoy my freedom, right? I don't want to get caught up in any of the nonsense. So I kind of threw the idea of Bitcoin away because I immediately connected it with the illicit activity. But you know how our phones are these days. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, us having a conversation or whatever, whatever, maybe my like Alexa or something picked up on it. So I start getting Bitcoin content into my phone. And I'm reading these articles and they're nuts. Or at least they're just really, really, really amazing to me. Right? Like I'm I'm shocked. And it was so bad that it became an obsession for me, right? Like as far as taking in this Bitcoin content. I didn't know about Bitcoin Twitter at the time. I would just, you know, read all of the uh the articles that would come out from those major sources, like I think it was Coin Telegraph and various uh youtubers right i would be watching that like i remember uh some of my first influences were you know uh antonopolis and mad bitcoins these were these were like definitely go-to's i would check out some of the conferences that they had online at the time i remember that's when i first became aware of balaji i'll never forget that con that uh chat that he had with uh Mark Andreessen. That was uh, that was moving to me. I was like, oh yeah, you know, this Bitcoin, 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 right? So okay, I finally decide I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside and go see what's going on. And like I said, make the trip to New York, ride the train down to Boston. All right. So let's see. That is the conference, mind you that Vitalik was actually pitching the idea of Ethereum still, all right? So Ethereum hadn't come out, but at this conference, you know, he was talking very, very highly about this smart contract stuff. So I was kind of all in, like I had no idea what to expect. And when I was hearing this type of information, uh, my mind was blown, all right? Okay. Let's move it along. So with regards to how I, you know, came to this MKD podcast stage that I'm at now. Well, like I said, I think that the entire time I've been looking for like that, that open air market. I like the marketplace. I've been interested in the whole idea of exchange from the beginning, right? And I think now we're finally at a place where I can do that, right? As a Bitcoiner, I can do it in such a way that, you know, satisfies all of those boxes, right? It checks all the boxes of what it is that I've been trying to do as a Bitcoiner. And my whole, you know, motivation is hyper Bitcoinization. Now, for some they come at the, they come at it from the perspective of Balaji, which is hyper Bitcoinization is the collapse of the dollar, and this is true. 
Uh, but there's another side to that coin, right? There is a recreation as well, right? There is going to be a collapse, we'll say, in the civilization, and then a recreation of the civilization. Now, does the recreation, does that mean no fun, right? <laughs> I think not. I think that it's, it's definitely one and the same. Right. I really do. I really do. And I think we have to have more talks about that. There's got to be more talks about how we circulate the Bitcoin. That is a that is a major aspect of the recreation, the circulation of Bitcoin. Yes, Bitcoin is a bank and you hodl it. Right. You're supposed to save your money anyway. That's that's basic common sense. Right. You don't spend more than you make type stuff. Right. Save your money. However, for us to have a Bitcoin economy, the Bitcoin needs to circulate. And, you know, this touches me in a certain way because, you know, coming from the African-American community, one of the things that we've always needed to improve upon is something that, you know, those of us that are trying to do the job of financially educating people that, that don't necessarily have financial literacy, you know, One of the things that we have to improve is the idea of circulating dollars in our community. And I think Bitcoiners can learn a good lesson here, too. Right. So the problem we'll say in the African-American community and money, for the most part, is that as soon as the money comes in, it immediately leaves. I would uh, equate this to how Bitcoiners buy Bitcoin and then they sell the Bitcoin. Right. To get fiat. Right. Many of you are probably going to do that. If the Bitcoin does hit a million dollars, you're going to immediately buy something in the fiat world. You're going to immediately, you know, buy some, you know, exchange it for dollars or whatever. So this is a problem. This has always been the problem. Right. When we watch the, the price pump and then we watch the price collapse within the Bitcoin space. It's, for the most part, it's people buying in and then selling it. There's a lack of uh, that circular kind of economy thing going on, right? There's no, uh, there's no like goods, right? There's no supply, no demand type situation. It's just people acquiring Bitcoin. Now, this isn't true in all circumstances, right? There's a lot of evidence that people are circulating their Bitcoin, right? We've got the, t- the tipping features on some of these apps. You know, you've got some of these apps like Sphinx Chat or Norster, right? So it's not to say that no Bitcoiners are circulating. Again, we even see the work being done down there in El Salvador to make it legal tender. So we, we see the Bitcoin circulating, but we've got to see more of that, or at least I want to engage in that more. Right, I want to actually be fully engaged for this so-called collapse that Balaji is uh, predicting. And what does that look like? Right, what does that look like? Well, again, in my in my quest, right, as a Bitcoiner in my journey, uh, I somehow came across Rare Toshi. And I don't, you know, I, I, 
I think what happened was, was I was investigating liquid, right? I'm looking at this thing called liquid, right? You guys are familiar. It's a side chain to Bitcoin. It's, it's uh, one of those innovations like Lightning Network, right? These are innovations for Bitcoin. So I'm investigating liquid, right? It's got my attention. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. And I come across this Rare Toshi platform. Now, again, Rare Toshi is a marketplace where you have artists, right? Digital artists creating. And, you know, you can go there and you can support them, right? Become a patron. And when I saw that, it immediately spoke to me, right? On a deep level, uh, this is one of my goals per se, like career goals. I wanted to do some work in the arts. I wanted to support them, right? In some shape, form or fashion. I wanted to support the arts. And this was just the perfect mix. So I jump on and I go ham, right? <laughs> I go all the way in, right? No pussyfooting around. I went all the way in. And, you know, at first, you know, you got to get your get your bearings and figure out what you're doing. And it didn't take long, you know. I'd imagine that will be probably most people's experience, right? Because it's not like there was someone there necessarily that was... Uh, we'll say the one that was uh, had the most experience or was leading the way like everybody that was there when I first got there obviously was like a Genesis member now of course there were people there before me obviously but uh, yeah anyway I saw the art that was on there and I, I could tell right away like there was a certain level of quality right especially with regards to the artists that were there it wasn't a lot of um it wasn't a lot of just random stuff. It was mostly Bitcoin related. So I'm like, this is great. This is, this is, okay. Okay, I get this. I started looking through everything that's in there, in the, everything that's available, right? Everything that's available, I started looking through. I started using like the filters so I can like see what was the oldest and kind of run through it in that way. Then I would notice that I could search certain words or whatever and, and find different kinds of content, right? I could just find an artist and see everything that they produced. So I started to do this. And again, I immediately got that feeling of walking into Satoshi Square, right? In New York City. I'm like, bingo, right? Bingo. Um, then, right, which was a pleasant surprise, what I had noticed was that, and I think this is this is the, the best part, right? Like this is, this is I'm starting to go in now. Um, the, the first thing was, was the confidential transactions. I've talked about this before, but the whole idea of Bitcoin is that everything is transparent. You can see everything, right? But with Liquid, you have confidential transactions. So the amount and the type of, you know, asset that's being moved on liquid is confidential. The amount and the type. Right? So when I say type, just so that you guys are clear, you can bring your Bitcoin over to liquid. And then, of course, you can actually have liquid based tokens. 
you guys like we're kind of talking about it now so that's literally what these nfts are they're tokens okay so let's see i kind of want to make sure i don't lose my thought here all right let's let's get into the token just a hair so i was pleasantly surprised to notice that with regards to the token there was a smart contract like attached to it or it is right we'll get some more clarification i'll bring adam back on the show and we'll kind of deep dive if you guys want to hear on some of the technicals of how the smart contract works with regards to these nfts but i'll tell you if you just look at the nft if you look up under it you'll see a royalty if you click it you'll see the percentage so each time that the token moves around that percentage is going to go to the creator of that nft bingo right once i saw this once once it once it clicked i said this is the way right but unfortunately most bitcoiners were being like super loud about you know dumping on nfts so I just said, you know, F it. I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't need the crowd to validate me. I'm gonna go on over here and uh, keep operating in the way in which I've been operating, which is, you know, with that sovereign mind state. So boom, I'm over there, right? And like I said, I have, uh, I think I've acquired around 400 of these NFTs, if you want to call it, or smart contracts if you want to call it self-executing right just like this Balaji bet once once it resells i don't have to like there doesn't have to be anybody in the background that makes sure that the original creator of the artwork is paid right it's self-executing you know once again shout out to those that have already been supporting the podcast by buying any of the NFT artwork that's there. Uh, We've had quite a few. And again, I feel like this is the other side, right? The the, the so-called recreational side, right? The NFT space where it's all just fun and games, right? (laughs) In my estimation, right? In my view, this is what the recreation this is a major aspect of the recreation and don't get me started right because especially with the pieces that i have and in the collection right um there are some in there right namely the cypherpunk series all of those that i have and that bit runners that entire series there these you know, they kind of represent the zeitgeist, right? That, that is the culture, right? The cypherpunks being like the old gods, if you will, and the bit runners being the new gods. I would say that many of us that have, you know, that were not the cypherpunks that, you know, truly contributed to the origins of Bitcoin, you're more of like the bit runner, right? You're, you, we're more of the ones that are developing the innovations, the apps, you know, running nodes, this sort of thing. So for me, it, it, it was easy. 
right? It was easy for me to come into that, you know, awareness, if you will. Now, again, I think it's probably safe to say at this point that I'm like the largest collector on there, (laughs) right? I mean, it wasn't that I didn't share, but (laughs) as far as, uh, you know, the information about Rare Toshi or about the art that's going on and, and this sort of thing, I definitely have been willing to share. I wasn't trying to hoard it all to myself, but I definitely uh, bought most of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I said, I think I'm at upwards of about 400 of these now. This didn't just start yesterday, mind you. Right, and I really did treat it kind of like a hype beast. Like, uh, you know how they would show, and I don't know if you guys are familiar, but you know, obviously it's a lot of content, YouTube videos out there, but these, these, these resellers of like Supreme, right? Have you guys ever seen those long ass lines that are outside their stores and people waiting for days to get inside? And of course they don't have that many of whatever it is. So you have these people that go in, they buy up everything in the store and then they get online and they resell it, right? You guys are familiar with that. Okay. So that's, that's, that's what's going on with the MKD podcast, right? That's, that's, that's what it is to be the elephant in the room, right? And I I wonder if I could compel other Bitcoiners to engage on this level through the giveaway, right? Like I said, man, I'm glad that Casey, uh, you know, appeared in the space with this idea of his, uh, his form of the NFT uh, with the ordinals and the inscriptions and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think this is far superior, right? Because this is not just about the, the JPEG content, right? Meaning just that digital image that anybody can copy and paste. Sure, copy and paste it. You don't get it yet. You go ahead and copy and paste it. I, I really wish you would. Because <laughs> see, again, This is what I mean by sometimes the noise is too loud and you're not able to get clear signal. Uh, The reason why I would have you copy and paste the JPEG is to increase its popularity. I want it to go around like a meme. That's the goal. So it is not an insult that you could copy and paste Right. Or control C, not copy paste, but control C and copy my JPEG. (laughs) You don't get it yet, obviously. Right. Think of it like this. Wasn't it a smart idea that Nike put the Nike swoosh on everything? It's as if everyone that's wearing it becomes a walking billboard. Is that right? Right. See, sometimes, like I said, the noise can, the noise level in the Bitcoin space can get overbearing. So this is why, you know, I kind of take the approach to the space that I do. You know, now keep in mind, I would highly recommend that you follow me on Twitter because Bitcoin Twitter is, is, is always going down, right? This is how I became aware of Balaji's million dollar Bitcoin, you know, idea and bet. 
So definitely follow me there if you're not already. The same is true about conferences, right? Bitcoin conferences. If you've never been to one, go. Go to one. And uh, of course, the local meetups. If you're lucky enough to live in a place where there's Bitcoiners that meet up consistently, definitely check them out. You really should. It will benefit you greatly. All right. (laughs) I would like to know what you guys think. You know, this is this is, again, just me sharing my Bitcoin story and how I got to this point. Right. And I'll tell you, as as I've been in the space and actively engaged in this space, I've literally been just evolving. Right. Just evolving. And it's been it's been dope, man. This is a it's a wonderful time to be in the space. I feel great about it, and it has a little to do with you know the 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 Bitcoin going to a million dollars in ninety days, right? I'm I'm feeling good because I have what I feel as a a path forward, you know, for the rest of my career, if you will, right? I've been kind of posting this idea of like what is my Bitcoin job or you know people are out searching for Bitcoin jobs and and of course though this is coming from that traditional sense right there are companies that exist that are higher for me as an entrepreneur right I've had to kind of look at it from a, a a different perspective right I don't have set tasks right and there is no model right for me to follow as a worker right at a job I've literally had to walk this and create the job so like I said um, right now in the space right and I've decided that I'm gonna do this podcast thing right but right now as a podcaster and in the Bitcoin space the idea is value for value right some have called this uh I guess podcasting 2.0 but I'm one of those you know heretical <laughs> Bitcoiners so I'm into the web 3 thing right I'm, I'm running with the NFTs and uh, my my you know way in which I do the value for value exchange is with the NFTs meaning as you guys help me get this message out and we do these raffles and giveaways um, not just me, you know, talking at you and you listening and then you sending me some money in the form of a tip or whatever value for value exchange. No, no, no. Uh, if you're engaged in supporting the podcast, then I feel like, you know, I can definitely share the wealth, right? With regards to these 400 or so tokens that I've acquired at this point, right? That I've accumulated at this point. I think that that has the potential to have even greater value than just me talking at you. Can you see that? If it's not obvious, let me make it more plain. So you buying the NFT from me means that you now have that token. And if you want to resell that token at any time, you can. Now, of course, the market is the market. So you'll be waiting on your buyer right you'll have to do the business of you know promoting and 
however it is that you're going to let people become aware of the auction that you've got going on with your NFT. Now, like I said, I think it's pretty evident when we say value for value, you know, how, which one you're going to get more value out of. This is another reason why I say in a couple of years, I would imagine most media companies are going to operate something like this, right? This is just, this is just a, like a proof of concept for myself, mind you. Right, first of its kind type of thing. And this is just me using the tools that are available, right, as a Bitcoiner. Obviously, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a legal advisor. None of that kind of stuff, right? It's not, that's not what this is. This is me exploring, right, and sharing that with you guys. Now, if you've enjoyed, definitely check out the NFT collection. I've got the link on all of my socials. So go there and, uh, you know, enjoy. If you feel like you want to buy something, if you want to make a bid on something, you can do that. Got to create an account first. You can be as anonymous as you like. Absolutely. And again, if you've enjoyed this episode, give us a share. By sharing, you will be entered into the raffle. Um, You will need to tag me so that I can see that you shared it. Right? So make sure that you tag me in your share. And yeah, that'll get you into the raffle so that you can have the, the possibility or the potential to win that NFT. So we already have the first one up on deck. Um, this is one of the bit runners that will be a, the, the first NFT that we give away. So you guys make sure if you want to engage with me on that, share the content, tag me, you'll be in the raffle. I will be announcing the winners. And you know what? We're going to be using this date so that you guys know that we have a timeline here. The timeline is the one is, that one is set forth by Bellagio. Okay. So Bellagio has put forth a timeline, which is great. We're going to use this timeline as our timeline for the giveaway. So on that 90 day mark, if it hits, great. I'll be giving away 11 of the NFTs. If it does not hit, then I'm going to be giving away one of the NFTs. So we're going to have either one winner or we're going to have 11 winners. You got me? Now, I also have said that moving forward, we're going to start doing an NFT per episode. And I'm going to keep that up. What's going to happen is, is after this 90 days, that's when we'll actually start the cadence of for each episode, there will be an NFT that I give away. Now, keep in mind, as you guys have noticed, uh, the podcast is not something that happens every day. The podcast is going to be coming out about every week or two. So make sure that you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you get that notification. I'm really, really spontaneous with regards to how I do the podcast. When I'm inspired, that's when it happens. 
all right so again man i appreciate y'all and your time had you here for about 40 minutes won't keep you any longer enjoy the rest of your day take care